hello again, everyone. Welcome to Cotton Grower Magazine's Cotton Companion Podcast. We're moving into late August, and most of the U.S. cotton crop is heading into cutout and pre-harvest management. The crop continues to look great overall, and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But this is also the start of planning time for 2022 for parts of the cotton industry, and that's definitely true for the Cotton Research and Promotion Program managed by Cotton Incorporated. They got some good news within the past week, and we're going to talk about the program, current projects, and what's planned for 2022 when Barry Worsham, President and CEO of Cotton Incorporated, joins us in the virtual Cotton Companion studio later in this episode. I'm Jim Stedman, Senior Editor of Cotton Grower, and as always, I'm joined by Cotton Grower Editor Frank Giles. Frank, what's new in your neck of the cotton patch? Oh, not too much new, Jim. Just watching this uh, cotton crop. Uh, getting finished up, hoping for good weather to to bring it in and have a good a good year for these growers. Um, uh, like the Cotton Board, we're in the process here at Meister of planning for 2022 as well. So it's a busy time and uh, just getting ready for uh, another year and hopefully a, a better year on top of that. Definitely. Well, we've, we've certainly reached the part of the season where the crop really just needs to finish maturing at this point. Uh, we do hear that there are a lot of acres with that contain multiple maturities that growers are trying to manage. And that's all based on when they could get the crop in, when they had to leave the field, when they came back to replant or whatever. Uh, And certainly growers are hoping to wrap up their insect treatments pretty soon too. We do have the latest crop progress and condition numbers from USDA. And we're gonna cover those in just a moment. as part of our industry news update. So Frank, take it away. As Jim hinted earlier, the. Board members of the Cotton Board voted to recommend a budget of $82 million to the Secretary of Agriculture for the 2022 Cotton Research and Promotion Program managed by Cotton Incorporated. The vote came during the Cotton Board's 2021 annual meeting held in conjunction with Cotton Incorporated's Board of Directors. The budget recommendation reflects a $2 million increase from 2021. The 2022 program plan remains focused on addressing several key industry issues to help increase cotton market share and assure, ensure long-term profitability for the industry. Some of those include increasing producer profitability, continuing to address plastic contamination issues, enhancing supply chain transparency, traceability, and sustainability, maintaining strong consumer and industry promotion efforts. The Cotton Board also re-elected its current slate of officers for an additional one-year term to allow the leadership group to participate in a traditional in-person industry meetings that were disrupted in 2020 by COVID-19. Re-elected were uh, Chairman Jimmy Webb, a producer from Georgia, uh, Vice Chairman Sonya Chapman, uh, importer from New Jersey, uh, Secretary Mark Nichols, a producer from Oklahoma, Treasurer Akiko Inouye, an importer from New York City. Despite hurricane winds and rain in the southeast last week, USDA's August 23 crop progress report shows that the overall U.S. cotton crop continues to improve. Overall crop condition for the U.S. cotton crop continues to improve with 71% of the crop now rated good to excellent, a four percentage point climb in the past week. Among the rest of the crop, 23% is now rated fair and only 6% considered poor or very poor. 
The report also showed that 97% of the crop has squared just three percentage points behind the five-year average this week. Bowl set is now reported in 79% of the crop, up four percentage points in the past week, but still 10 percentage points behind the average. The biggest increase in bowl set came in Tennessee, up 18 points to 93%. The report also showed open bowls present in 14% of the total crop, up four percentage points, with only Arizona and Mississippi running ahead of the average. Well, as Frank mentioned, funding for the 2022 Cotton Research and Promotion Program was recently approved by the Board of Directors of the Cotton Board. It's an important program. It's funded by every U.S. cotton grower and affiliated industries, and it helps keep U.S. cotton top of mind among multiple audiences here and abroad. So joining us today in our virtual Cotton Companion studio to discuss the program and some of the object objectives in place for the coming year is Barry Worsham. He's president and CEO of Cotton Incorporated. Barry, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us, and welcome to the Cotton Companion. Hey Jim, good to be here, and uh, hopefully we can uh, talk a little bit about cotton. Well, that's, that's why we're here. So, But before we talk about 2022, tell me how this year's program has been going, knowing that, that your funding for 2021 took a little bit of a hit coming off of a pandemic year. Uh, what type of adjustments have you had to make in prioritizing this year's activities? Well, you know, um, I guess several things. Number one is we we did take about, a, I think around an $8 million hit to the budget um, this current year. Uh, fortunately, we had plenty of time to anticipate that. So uh, some of the things we did was to try to, um, we delayed some capital equipment purchases this year. Um, we knew that travel expenditures would be way down. Um, and we, we did come into this year with the, uh, with the hope and with the board's uh, support that we would try to keep our staff intact, knowing that this was not gonna last forever. Uh, so most programs were down uh, a little bit this year and probably the area that took the biggest hit would be uh, consumer marketing from the media buy and uh, we felt like that was something that could be replenished when, when funds got, uh, you know, got larger. But some things like, uh, for example, agricultural research projects are hard to stop and start. So tried to keep the research programs kind of going. Uh, we cut a few marketing programs and also looked at cutting some operations expenditures. So we're, we're going to manage okay. Um, you know, what we didn't know is we, we would have thought by now we'd be back to kind of some more of a normal operation, but that just didn't happen. Good deal. Looking ahead to next year, your budget is going up by $2 million to a total of $82 million. How do you guys uh, determine how much is going to be earmarked for research and for consumer promotion? Well, it's, it's a, I'll have to give you a little bit of a longer-winded answer because uh, it's a process in place. It's a very good process. So what, it starts in March uh, where the Cotton Board has their uh, uh, meeting. And the purpose of that meeting is really twofold, I guess. It's number one is to assess what the fund situ funding situation may look like for the upcoming year. So they kind of, they can give us a, uh, an indication of where our budget may be. And then the second thing that happens is actually the staff makes presentations on what we see in each of the four operating committees as key sort of uh, issues that we have to deal with, either short-term or long-term. And the four committees, just to kind of give you a, a sort of an understanding is, you start with the agricultural side, ag research and sustainability as one committee, 
the research and development, which would be more like textile processing as a second committee. Then you have the global supply chain marketing, which deals in, it's really technical marketing around the world. And then last but not least is consumer marketing. So each of those four areas will be presenting about like what they see are, are key issues uh, as we come for, go forward. Then later the cotton board convenes and puts together a series of recommendations based on our input, their input, these are the things that we think are your sort of high priority items. Uh, it could be everything from contamination, for example, plastic contamination in cotton to uh, dealing with some problems related to imports, you know, you know, what brands and retailers are dealing with. So we get this in a, in a formal um, report from the Cotton Board. And then our staff meets internally this year, last two years, it's been virtually. And we assess like what things do we have covered? What things do we kind of need a little more funding for? And uh, so it's on a kind of that basis, we put together a sort of a framework budget in June. And then the, uh, then if that goes well, then we put together a, a more formal detailed budget in August. So this past year, for example, some of the things we were asked to look at were again, continue our research in contamination uh, we've been putting more money recent years into in trying to add value in cottonseed, which is an important part of the grower revenues. Uh, traceability has become a big issue in the whole supply chain. Brands and retailers want to know how the cotton is grown, but also where it's processed, how it was processed, did it use forced labor, and you have to be able to document today that you don't have any of that in your supply chain. So it's, 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 very, uh, it's, it's a key issue right now. Uh, and of course, just in general, a grower, I call it grower prop profitability, like how can we deal with uh, things that are really affecting the farm? And one of the key ones this past year has been, uh, um, and not past year, but past several years is uh, you know, weed control. That's uh, in terms of crop protection. And then last but not least is, as we were looking to go forward, since consumer marketing took a huge hit in the ability in their media purchases, which means their ability to communicate uh, to uh, a consumer audience, uh, we wanted to replenish that to the extent possible. So we kind of boil all those pro that into uh, one overall budget that, that kind of addresses all of those. Perfect. And then going into 2020, you kind of mentioned the priorities last year. I'm sure some of those are carrying over into 2022. Yes. Uh, anything else that's on the horizon that might be uh, new on the agenda for the coming year? Uh, there's always going to be something new, and one of the keys that we we talk about in all of the a budget process is the, the the need to remain flexible. So, for example, like this year, certainly the issue of traceability and transparency had become even way more important than maybe would have been expected a year or so ago. Really jumped to the to the to the uh, high priority area. Um, I would say, you know, going going next year, I think one of the things that we have to look at is there there's a little momentum building for cotton. If we can stay out of this sort of a, another wave of the pandemic, if things can kind of get back to normal on a global basis, uh, cotton, we're seeing cotton demand picking up a little bit in the US. Uh, our market share has actually increased to levels uh, higher than the pandemic, pre-pandemic. It's on an up, upward trajectory right now. We think that the, the synthetics with the microplastic issue and the fast fashion negative uh, associations with that have, have had an impact. So we kind of think that one of the things that's uh, on the margin that we just want to make sure we are able to sort of to help stoke the fire, so to speak, and, and get that momentum continuing to go for cotton. 
Sounds good. Now, it's it's really been good to see a revival of the uh, the fabric of our lives advertising program, uh, and you've but you've added so much more to your uh, through other media outlets to kind of push this cotton message ahead uh, to multiple audiences over the last couple of years. Tell us a little bit about some of the activities that have recently been added to the mix and how your market research is is driving some of those decisions. Yeah, it's uh, it's. It used to be when I started in the company uh, many years ago, it was basically you develop a commercial, um, you have three or four networks you can run it on and uh, you run it until it gets old and you do another one. And nowadays, as you know, there's just so many ways consumers get information. They do get still get information from television, but now of course it's the streaming services, it's from social media and everything else. <clears throat> on the, on the, uh, the the difficult side is, uh, you know, it's it's more complicated than it used to be. But the good news is you're able to craft a, a few more messages that you would like. So in general, we're talking about the fabric of our lives. We're talking about sort of just the basics, you know, putting cotton in a good light. Cotton is the fabric of, of your life or, or in this particular campaign, um, it's kind of um, cotton your way, which means kind of saying that you can design your fashion any way you want, but cotton can be part of that. Now, would we get into things like social media, um, regardless of the of the platform? Now we can begin to target other messages, like cotton has health benefits. For example, we know from sleep studies that cotton offers better um, results for 100% cotton sheets offer better results than synthetic. Um, we have um, the ability to talk about the, as I said before, in a kind of a gentle way, we could bring up the cotton biodegrades, whereas the synthetic fibers have issues, you know, that it does not degrade. Um, we have, we, we, we are able to focus on denim in some cases, you know, a lot of people don't think of denim being cotton, but we want to remind them, as, especially as denim kind of makes a little bit of resurgence, and also to, to use it as a platform to talk about sustainability whenever it's appropriate, that cotton has made some great strides there. So depending on on the sort of the, again, uh, the platform, so to speak, uh, we have the ability to craft different messages and refresh them more often than you would do a traditional commercial. And last, you know, we, we do want to make sure that we continue to um, talk about cotton and sustainability. Cotton is a renewable product. It, it, it's something that uh, is natural. Um, so we have a lot of those in, and, and we try to also leverage whenever possible, you know, the consumer, excuse me, the producer and the importer dollars. Um, if we can convince some of the key influencers that cotton is a good thing, fashion influencers, for example, they, we can use their, they take their platforms and communicate to their people about the virtues of cotton. So we want to try to leverage whenever possible. So it's, but it's definitely more complicated and you need a lot of younger people, which I'm not in, knows all these platforms and uh, I just know some of the names basically. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you, but it's, it's good. You're exactly right. It's kind of like the pebble in a pond uh, theory. You know, you get a little initial splash and you want to see all those ripples go out and, and move to uh, move out, keep the message going in another, other ways. Several episodes ago, we had Cater Hake on and Cater was uh, talking about sort of the state of cotton research. And I think you mentioned some of those programs but basically how your research staff found new ways and efficiencies over the past year to, uh, to keep their field studies moving ahead. You mentioned some of these research activities uh, in terms of uh, contamination, in terms of weed control. 
what about from other aspects of the industry in terms of textile research or ginning research, things like that, that, uh, that you're working on that, that our audience might be interested in? Yeah, it's, a, it's very broad. You know, when you think about textile research, I'll start there. Still, we, if you, we can do all the promotion that you can do in terms of the consumer level, but at the, you know, you still have to have product to back it up eventually. You know, your, your cotton products have to perform. And one of the things that we, we, we are continually working on is how to develop innovative cotton uh, products. It could be fabrics to convert into things like athletic wear or some other traditional uh, garment. And again, years ago, it wasn't terribly complicated. You processed it into yarn, made a fabric, put a finish on it, and hope it would sell. And today you have to, as I said, it has to be grown sustainably. The chemistry used has to be sustainable or biodegrade or, or certainly better than it was before. Uh, has to be, uh, you know, again, you have the social influences and it has to be competitively priced and cotton is not the cheapest fiber. So it makes it make difficult. So we put a lot of emphasis in, in continuing to come up with new fabrics and new products. And one of the ways we able to do this in this environment is uh, digitizing those fabrics, meaning the world going forward is probably going to look more and more at, uh, you know, sort of touching and feeling all the time. So much of that can be at least partially replicated 3D with, you know, here's the fabric. This is what it looks like. This is how it performs. We can apply that to an image to see what it would look like in this kind of apparel. So we were ahead of the game on that. So that made our ability to, to operate in this COVID environment. I mean, it was just, thank goodness, we were a year or so ahead of, uh, ahead of the curve there. So that's been one way. Um, and agricultural research, you know, they still were out uh, discussing, uh, talking to farmers. They did it sort of, um, you know, from a safe distance kind of thing. It was not, you know, going to conferences. So they were getting a lot of feedback from growers over the past year, what the issues they were facing and could see firsthand in the fields. Uh, initially, some of the programs were delayed because if the universities were not doing, you know, research, it, it it made it difficult for us. So a lot of our external projects were delayed, like in contamination, for example, I think some things got delayed there, but our internal work, we were pretty much able to kind of keep going. Um, so it's been kind of a, some were suffered a little bit, some did not, um, but I think, you know, we were slowly but surely getting back on track and I'm sure hoping that as we get into the latter part of this year and first of next year, that things will be back to sort of a full steam ahead. Sounds good. I was, I was, I had, I was laughing at myself this morning. And the reason I was asking things about the textile research is I, you know, go in and start looking for a shirt to put on today. And I'm realizing I've got to still have a whole drawer full of charged cotton shirts that, uh, that I think was one of the first projects you guys, you worked on with, with Under Armour sort of in secret, as I understood it, to, to, to make that that product a reality and it's it's really turned into a great product yeah it's kind of a you know it's one of the early examples of um the need to just to try to get into a market you know anyone could and uh knowing that today consumers want so much out of their products they want it to not wrinkle they want it to have moisture transfer they want it to be again sustainable cheap everything else you can think of and until you actually get in and start working on things um, you know, sometimes that leads to improvements elsewhere because the learnings here can be all of a sudden applied to some other aspect. And um, that's that whole 
uh, sort of beginning of the athletic wear work that we did has, uh, I think, helped us in the long run in, in other areas as well. Well, Barry, this seems like a good spot to kind of bring this conversation to a close. Uh, we do appreciate your time and, and your insights. Uh, and certainly, certainly, we also appreciate all the good work that uh, you and the Cotton Incorporated staff uh, does to keep U.S. cotton moving ahead and, and strong. So thanks for joining us. And uh, let's plan to visit again sometime soon. I appreciate it, Jim and Frank, and just want to tell all the growers out there that we really appreciate the continued support, and uh, we'll keep working to improve demand and profitability for cotton, as well as the importers, too, by the way. Sounds good. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Barry. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of the Cotton Companion Podcast. As always, thank you, dear listeners, for joining us. If you like what you hear on the Cotton Companion, please be sure to spread the word and tell your farmer friends about this podcast. Here's where and how you can find us. You can find the Cotton Companion in three easy ways. First, go to cottongrower.com forward slash companion, or simply click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. Second, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts these days. And three, Sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, The Cotton Grower E-News, that's delivered to your email inbox every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, be sure to follow Cotton Grower on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you'll find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. The Cotton Companion podcast comes to you twice monthly. Is produced by Tyler Hatch and Kim Henderson, our talented colleagues at the World Headquarters for Meister Media Worldwide in lovely Willoughby, Ohio. My name's Jim Stedman. His name's Frank Giles. And we'll be back with you again in two weeks with the next episode of The Cotton Companion. Until then, stay safe. Yeah, he works and he works and he works and he works all